we talk about first responders, and one of the one of the things that is interesting about the the people who get there at the beginning to do something that uh, is really challenging for everybody else. Uh, Jesus made this statement in, in Matthew chapter 28. He said this, he came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given me in heaven and earth. That's a big, strong statement, is it not? All authority, <clears throat> that means like when the sun comes up, God has the authority over it. When the sun goes down, when the moon comes up, when the stars come out, God has authority. When it rains, God has authority. He lets the trees grow up. It just, he has all the authority. Just amazing. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he said this to us. He said, go. Everybody say, go. Go, go therefore, and make disciples of the nations. Amen. Of the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. That doesn't mean don't get in an airplane. It doesn't mean like, it, hi, he's not with you. But lo, he said, hey, by the way, I'm with you always. <laughs> and I am, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end end of the age. Aren't you glad that God told us that he would never leave us and never forsake us when we go through the hard times? We live in a, in a time today where it's really challenging. I don't know if you live in the same world I do, but our world is challenged today. I think if there was ever a time in our world that we needed God, we needed peace, we need peace today. And Jesus said, I am your peace. As the original first responder. You remember in the Old Testament, whenever they had to bring sacrifices so that they could have remission and forgiveness of their sins, Jesus said, and I imagine this is how God the Father and God the Son had a little conversation. This isn't in the Bible or nothing, but I'm just imagining this. The God, the, the Father, and God, the Son, they're looking down throughout all through Moses. You might remember Moses and, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the boys in the Old Testament, the ones that, and, and there's like, and, and I, I imagine God looked down and he said, Jesus, I don't think they get it. I don't think they really understand what's going on. Would you mind going on? Would you mind just going down there and showing them? Aren't you glad that God is a God that doesn't just tell us what to do? He came down and he showed us. He was the first responder to all of my problems. He's the first responder to all of my sin. The first responder, even whenever I transgressed against him, God the Father said, for God so loved the world that he... I can't hear you very good. That he what? He, not just in the offering. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the, the hog and the chicken. It says they had a, they had a, their owner was so nice to him. And so the, the chicken tells the hog, he says, I think we ought to, I think we ought to make breakfast, have, make breakfast for, and I think we should give him ham and eggs. 
The hog says, well, for you, it's just a sacrifice, but for me, it's a total commitment. Well, I want to tell you today, our first responders, it's a total commitment for the people who sacrificed their lives, that ran to the problem, ran to the issues, ran to the fire. That's what Jesus did. Jesus saw that this world needed help. Not everybody wants help. Jesus made this, this, this statement one time. He, uh, he went to... Uh, a, a guy that was sick, and, and he asked the question, do you want to be well? No offense, but I think some people enjoy being sick. I think some people enjoy being and pampered over. And like, it's like, it's like, I just, don't, I just don't feel good. Can you get me a glass of tea? <laughs> I just enjoy, I, I got my little pet sin here. I know y'all don't have that. All them other people that didn't show up, I know y'all don't have no pet sins out there. Well, I just like my little deal. Jesus asked the question, and I think first responder, I talked to a firefighter friend of mine. He said one time, people, they, they, in Houston, they called the firefighters, and the, one, the lady in the apartment house asked him if he'd make her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> a first responder. They're required to go to every call. No, this is a true story. But we, our first responders, you could tell a lot more stories, I'm sure, than, than I could tell this morning. But since I'm preaching, I'm going to go on. <laughs> Not everybody wants to be well. Yeah. Not ever. A lot of people want attention. And Jesus asked this man. At first, when I read that, I thought, I didn't get it. I was like, why would Jesus even ask that question to, to somebody that was, a, was a, a, a lame man, couldn't walk? Why would he ask? The reason he asked the question was for a reason and for a purpose because not everybody wants to be well. I'm a cowboy. And, and I have horses. Years ago, I had a horse that uh, we tried everything we could do. We took care of him. We'd feed him, deworm him, put shoes on him, took care of him and everything. But whenever, whenever I would rope on this horse, he was fine every one, most of the time. But every once in a while, whenever you get ready to rope a calf, what you do, you, you stand up in that saddle and you rope that calf. And when you're standing up in the saddle, you're, you're kind of vulnerable. And that horse would wait until you stood up in that saddle, and about, about every four or five days, he just bucked me off. <laughs> he could really buck, but he couldn't have bucked me off if I was back here like this waiting on him, but I couldn't, I wasn't doing that. He would wait because you couldn't trust him. Yeah. This was back when I was a kid, and my dad said, Randy, you're going to have to quit 
letting that horse buck you off like I was doing it on purpose. <laughs> My dad was, uh, I don't even know what the word for it, but whenever, whenever he didn't like the way we were doing things, he would say, let me have that. Give me that. And, and so one day that horse bucked me off and, and dad said, give me that horse. And I'm like, fine, have him. I didn't say that, but in my heart, I thought about it. He got on this horse, and he's like giving old Smokey what he needed. And we had a bunch of sand hills at our, at, at our old place. And I remember watching old Smokey going, going over that sand hill, and Dad just putting it in him all the way. And about five minutes later, Smokey comes running back by himself. <laughs> I was so happy. <clears throat> so dad, he comes walking back, you know, that's like this. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta quit letting, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. <laughs> dad's like, we gotta sell that horse. I'm like, I'm all for that. Get him out of there. Let me just say this. God wants what's best for you. Sometimes we don't really know what's best for us. So we sold that horse and the guy and the guy that bought him was an arrogant guy. I'm sure you've never met anybody like that. People that know everything and they're like they thought that we were a bunch of gunsels that we really didn't know what we was doing anyway. And uh, he's like he's like when we told him, he, he'll buck, and that guy like, and then, then he said, well, I'm going to buy him anyway. And we told him, we, it's not Walmart. You can't bring him back. <laughs> Two weeks later, he called my dad and said that horse bucked him off and broke his arm, and he wanted his money back. And dad's like, no, 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 no. You know what? You couldn't trust Smokey, no matter what. You could trust him for a little while, but you couldn't trust him in the long run. And you can't ever trust people if it doesn't, if the, if, if, if the issue of your heart doesn't enter into the issue of your conviction. When you are convicted about something, these guys that ran into the towers, they were convicted enough to make the sacrifice for the people because they didn't think twice about it. I really don't think they did. That was just what they were trained to do. And they just said, this is who I am. And this is what I do. And I just want to say today that I'm looking, and I believe God's looking for a few people out there that will say, this is who I am. America needs people who love God and love people not like the world loves them, but the way that God loves them. And people who will stand up and say, this is who I am. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to love you when you don't even love yourself. I'm not going to say I like you, but I love you. You don't have to always like everybody. Because you see, what happens is the only thing, like Darla prayed earlier, I thought that was such a cool prayer, when she said, thank you, Lord, for loving us when we're stupid. 
Because whenever we make bad choices and bad decisions, stay with me here. When we make bad choices and bad decisions, God will never, God's love for you will never change. Now we, many times, are harder on ourselves than God is. And other people around us are hard on us. But I want you to know that my Bible tells me that God will be a friend that stays even closer than a brother that he said he would never leave you. He'd never forsake you. That he'll always be there because he gave his only begotten son. He just didn't tell us that he loved us. He showed us that he loved us. And he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever, that means Randy Weaver, Say your name right now. Say it. So whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I got a friend I talked to about the Lord about two weeks ago. He said, I have a special deal with God. I invited him to church, and that was his response. His response is that I have a special deal with God. My response to him is that we're all special to God. But your deal isn't special. Because we're all loved by God. Now, the challenge for us uh, humans is that whenever Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden by Satan, what, what Satan said to Eve was that the day that you eat, that, that God was a, a taking God and God wasn't a giving God. And he says, the day that you eat of this fruit, that you will be as God and that your eyes will be open. He was half right. <laughs> and generally, every lie has to have some truth in it to get anybody to believe it. But if it's diluted with a lie, it's still a lie. But he said, he said that, that, that you will become as God. But he also said that, that your eyes will be open. Well, their eyes were open and they realized because of the sin that they were naked. But they didn't become as God. They were cre- created in the image of God, but they were not created as God. Now, there's some religions out there that will tell you if you're really good enough, that someday you'll be a God. That One of the fastest growing religions in America is that as man is, God once was. And as God is, man can become. It's a little religion out of Utah. I'm not going to name them a name. But I'm going to tell you, it's attractive to individuals to think someday I can be God. And even if we're not God, I'm talking about first responders here in case you didn't know. And if if we can't be God, we just want to act like we are God. 
And the biggest challenge for human nature is to realize that we are not our own, but that we have been bought with a price. The first responder that sent his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he's looking for somebody in America. I'm going to tell you that the solution to America, the solution to America's problem is not in Washington, D.C. It's not in Austin, Texas. It's in the church building this morning. It's in the heart of every individual. You have the answer. And so because he is the first responder for our spiritual issues, he has ordained that we be the next in line to be the spiritual responder to help people know Jesus as their personal Savior. And that's the reason he said, go, 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 go to your children, go to your grandchildren, go to your workplace, go to your Go to the lake, go to the roping, go to the rodeo, go to the ranch. Go, go, go. Make disciples. Now, in order to, I'm, I'm not real smart, but I know in order to make something, you got to be something. My brother went to college and uh, he had to have a few credits to graduate. And the only class that was available for him to graduate was a philosophy class. My brother's not a philosopher, number one. So he's thinking, you know, maybe I'll just get a, I'll get a, I can get a grade out of this. So he's, when he goes to class, he sits up there on the front row thinking maybe the professor will think that he's smart. And uh, the professor says, you you all know about motherhood, right? And everybody's going, you kind of got that look on their face. You know, like you're kind of constipated. <laughs> Says, you all heard of fatherhood, right? And my brother's looking over and everybody's nodding. And so he's nodding, you know. And he said, we know about fatherhood. We know about motherhood. And then he puts his hand on my brother's desk he said, what about deskhood? And my brother goes, <laughs> like that? And uh, the professor said, you think that's funny? He said, why, why, do, why do you think that's funny? My brother says, well, I was raised on a farm. He said, I've seen cats have kittens. I've seen dogs have puppies. I've seen horses have colts. I've seen cows have calves. But this desk right here, it'll never have so much of even as an end table. What's the point? The point is that if you want to disciple people, you have to be a disciple. If you want to help people follow Christ, you have to follow Christ. You, you know what the definition, you know, everybody, we, we have all kinds of books about leadership, right? 
leader, leader, leader. And I'm, I'm like, those are great. Those are great. But nobody wants to write a book about following. Did you know that the Bible talks more about following than it does about leading? Because you'll never be a good leader until you learn to be a good follower. I have not preached anything in my notes so far. <laughs> I haven't, I promise. I'm just talking to you from my heart. I suspect that there's something good in here, though. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you one little illustration. A guy named, he's a writer, Leonard Ravenhill, shares a story that we all need to hear from a guy named Charlie Peace. He was one of England's most wanted criminals. Finally, he was caught and tried and sentenced to death. On that fatal morning, he marched to, ex to execution in Armley Jail. And Chaplain Lees, a Church of England chaplain, walked with him. The clergyman read scripture and talked with him about the judgment of God. Finally, Charlie Peace told him to stop. He said, how can you read that to me so matter-of-factly? And where were you before? The condemned man continued. He said, sir, if I believed what you and the Church of England say that you believe, even if England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it, if need be, on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from an eternal hell like that. Where were you when I needed you? A year ago, um, a year ago this last July, I cut my thumb, I, I hurt my thumb in a roping accident. It was right out here in the arena. And uh, so a friend of mine takes me to we go to the emergency room or to the urgent care center down here at Blue Heronbury. They're closed. This is in the middle of the COVID deal, like March, like when, like when everybody's really scared back then. So nobody's there. We, it was on a Saturday. We went over to this other urgent care, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like, people go, did it hurt? <laughs> I'm like, no, it felt pretty good, really. Yes, it hurt. <laughs> so then Darla comes, and we, we go to St. Luke's in the Woodlands, and we're sitting there, and they don't have nobody to, that, that, to do anything. They don't have anybody. So, and, and my thumb is still attached but the tendon's there, and I can move it a little bit, so I'm hoping that I'm not going to lose my thumb. So the, at St. Luke's, they, they squirt some deadening stuff in there, and 
So a friend of mine, he calls me, he says he knows a surgeon at the Methodist Hospital downtown. So I'm, well, call him up because that's where I'm going. So we got back in the pickup. We head down to, to, down to Methodist. We get to Methodist and they're like, you know, like, <laughs> it was like, to me, this was important. I was just like, I kind of need that thing right there. I'm sitting in that hospital. And I got, I'm, I'm bleeding. I got blood all over my shirt. I got my, my boots and my spurs on. And those nurses at Methodist Hospital, they hear that there's a cowboy in the ER. And they start coming in. And they're talking to me about Yellowstone. Do you watch Yellowstone? I said, no, they cuss too much. I don't like it. Oh, I can't believe you don't like it. And, and they just kept coming in. You're, you're, are you a real cowboy? I'm like, hey, my thumb hurts, and I need something done here. Y'all stop it. I wasn't in the mood for fellowship. I was actually probably rude. Finally, a lady doctor comes in and she straightens my thumb up and, and I can move it a little bit and I, I have hope. And they're like, we just, we just don't have anybody here that can operate or do anything to it right now. I said, what can, what can I do? She said, well, St. Luke's, St. <laughs> Luke's has they they have a a surgeon that's specialist and and uh he can he said that he would look at it. I said, Well let's go. They're like, Well, we don't have an ambulance driver. Well we'll get him, but he's gonna be here in about forty five minutes and it's it's gonna be a little bit longer. And I'm sitting there, I'm saying, How far is it over there? And Darla is out of gas in the pickup. And she had to run, she had to, and, and those, you couldn't go in back in that day. You couldn't, still, still can't go in some places. So she couldn't go in, and she don't know what's going on. She has to go get gas. So I call her, I say, come pick me up. Well, I'm 30 minutes outside of the, trying to get gas. And so I ask him, I say, how far is it over there to St. Luke's? Oh, it's, it's only less than a mile. I said, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk over there. And they're like, I don't think you should do that. And I'm like, well, you want me to wait while my thumb dies? <laughs> so I get up out of that bed. I walk to St. Luke's. And I'm walking down like a homeless man with bleach blood all over me. People are looking like something out of the apocalypse. I get in there. The accident happened at 9 o'clock Saturday morning. At 7 o'clock Saturday night, they worked on me 10 hours later. <laughs> Whenever I come out of the surgery, you know how you are. You're kind of loopy a little bit. But the first question I asked them, I said, did you save my thumb? And the, the, the nurse says, we, we weren't able to save your thumb. And I just busted out crying. 
like a ball baby. To me, it was important for me to get some help. For me, it was important for me to get somebody to help me that I didn't have the ability when I didn't have the ability to help myself. For me, it was an emergency. I hope somebody listens. Oh, you. For me, it was an emergency. But for everybody else, it was just a job. One man's emergency may not be another man's emergency. I have come here today to tell you that we in America really do need the great physician. This is an emergency. It may not be an emergency to everybody else, but I believe that God looking at America is saying, I want to help America, but America has to seek after me. And we can talk about America all we want, but we got to talk about, I've got to talk about Randy and my relationship with God. Each one of us are individually responsible as to whether we see the need for the physician. I don't know if any of y'all out there are, are broken anyway. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, have issues of the heart that just, you just don't know what to do with that. I want you to know today, you may not see him here, but I know you feel him, but I want you to know today that the healer is in the house. That he's here online. And wherever you're watching online, he's there with you because he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Oh, y'all, I don't understand that. That's why we don't understand it because he's God and we're not. We'll never be God. But God will always be God whether we believe in him or not. Whether we trust him or not. Whether we put our faith in him or not. He's going to be God. He's not up there going, man, I wish you you liked me a lot. No, he's God. But here's what he said. He said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. And what he's done as God, he has one of his characteristics and one of his core values is for you to give you the freedom of choice. You see, God is all about freedom. Y'all come on with me. God's all about freedom. God's not going to make you serve him no more than he would make you take the COVID shot. He's not going to make you do anything. He's going to let you choose. Because he respects you and he respects me. Even when I don't respect him, he respects me. When I don't honor him. But one of my core values is that if I honor God, he will honor me. And part of honoring him is saying, God, I am a sinner. Because we've all sinned, right? 
I, I can't hear you very good. I, I, I mean, I'm, I know I got some help out there because I know I've sinned. I said, we have all sinned, right? Yeah. We've all come short of the glory that God has for us, right? But that in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. My name is Randy Weaver, and I've been ungodly before. And God didn't withhold his love from me. He let me be a preacher. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, responded to the need of a world that without him was destined for an eternal hell. And he made a way so we could have eternal life. That's Jesus. And he's not late. He's never early, but he's always on time. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. I pray, oh God, today that you would have your way in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have made it possible for us to have eternal life. I thank you, Lord, that you have uh, paved the way and that, that you see us, you see our nation. You see a, a world from eyes of love, from eyes of caring. I thank you for it. I'd like for everybody to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, <clears throat> the Bible says, as I said before, we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. But he also said this. He said, if we confess our sin, that he would be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So today, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, or maybe if you have and you just haven't been living for him, I'd like to give you that opportunity and simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody? It's the greatest choice. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life to respond to the first responder. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Anybody, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? The greater love hath no man than this, that he makes this sacrifice for his people. I just, I just want to instill and everybody here today to purpose in your heart to put God first. And I know we have, I know church gets a little crowded at 10 o'clock, but we have, we have church on Monday nights. And listen, Monday night's a lot of fun. And, and, and if, if you'd like to come on Monday night, that'll make room for new people to come at the 10 o'clock because everybody loves 10 o'clock. May we invite you to do that. How many say, preacher, I, uh, my walk with God and my love for God, I need to do a better job of loving God. Raise your hand, preacher. I, can, I need to do that and, and respond to his response to me. I think we can all raise our hand to that. I want to pray for y'all, but before I do, everybody that's here, we have uh, all of the first responders. We, we want to honor you, not just with our words, but we, we'd like to give each one of you a, a gift certificate, uh, a $25 gift card, so you can go out and eat lunch. 
and uh, uh, also our people watching from uh, uh, in Tennessee, they're, all the first responders there are getting gift cards as well. And so we're really tickled that we can do that for y'all. So out on the out on the out on the front porch out here, and also out on the porch out here, uh, we have tables out there and people ready to serve you. And we just ask that you either be in your uniform or give some identification. Uh, I'm sure nobody here would try to get a free gift card, but uh, we just uh, we just ask that you do that. Okay. We love y'all. Thank you for being here. Let me pray for you. Let's all raise our hands and surrender to God. Lord, you see our hands. We we surrender to you. We thank you, Lord, for everybody here today, especially for our first responders. I pray that you would comfort all of those families, Lord, that that, uh, are left from those who uh, uh, made that supreme sacrifice. Lord, help us as a church, help the churches across our nation, our county, our state. Help us, oh God, to to be faithful, faithful people and to spread the word and to go out into the highways and byways and compel people to come in because you love them so much. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you. Thank you so much. We have our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, we'd love to have you.